This is Retire the Right Way with Rick Wright from Coastal Tax Centers. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rick provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Retire the Right Way with Rick Wright. In the days after the coronavirus began ravaging the American economy, Congress quickly got to work on what's become officially known as the CARES Act. CARES stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. After the House and Senate passed the bill with broad support, President Trump signed it into law. During today's show, we're going to peel the CARES Act apart a bit so you can get a better understanding of its key components and how some of them may affect you and your wallet. Hello, and welcome back to Retire the Right Way. My name is Rick Wright from Coastal Tax Centers here in Savannah, Georgia. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 912-598-2073 or visit us online at www.coastaltaxcenters.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page to check out past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up a virtual meeting. But before we get into our topic, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Drew Wright. How are you today, Drew? I'm doing well, Rick. Like most Americans, I'm just hunkering down, trying to stay safe and go about my business. Of course, I'm keeping a close eye on the news for info about what I should be doing in my day-to-day life to help flatten the curve. And I must admit, I'm also looking to the news for some sense that there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm really pleased that we're getting into the CARES Act today. I can't think of a topic that's more relevant to any of us right now. Is it true the bill has a total price tag in the $2 trillion range? $2 trillion it is, Drew. There's no shortage of outstanding news stories about the CARES Act out there right now. But one that I thought was particularly well done was a piece from Investopedia.com dubbed, simply enough, Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, What's in the $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill? The bill was signed into law on March 27, 2020, and at $2 trillion, it's the largest rescue package in American history. It's designed to provide relief to large and small businesses, various industries, individuals, and their families, gig workers, and independent contractors in hospitals. $2 trillion should give us plenty of critical information to discuss. What's the first thing that jumps out at you about the CARES Act? One of the biggest elements in the new law is the $349 billion earmarked to support small businesses in maintaining their payroll and some overhead expense during this economic emergency. The clear goal is to keep as many workers employed as possible. A business, nonprofit, veterans organization, or tribal business may receive a small business interruption loan of two and a half times its average monthly payroll, up to a maximum of $10 million if they have fewer than 500 employees or they have 500 employees or more but still qualify under the Small Business Administration standard. They had fewer than 500 employees per physical location or they are a food service or accommodations business. 
It's important to note that for many businesses, most of or all of the $10 million loan is forgivable. What does the CARES Act say about how that money can be used, Rick? The loans can be used for payroll, benefits, interest payments, rent, and utilities. The fees are waived and collateral and personal guarantees aren't required. Payments are deferred for a minimum of six months up to one year, and there aren't any prepayment penalties. The bill also includes $10 billion in emergency grants for small businesses, private nonprofits, sole proprietorships, agricultural co-ops, and employee-owned firms. These grants also can be converted into advances on the forgivable loans we've already discussed. It certainly seems like this bill might be something of a lifeline for a lot of people and businesses out there, Rick. I know we've had an Economic Injury Disaster Loans, or EIDL, program for some time. Does the CARES Act change anything about that program? It does, Drew. The CARES Act enhances the EIDL program with $10,000 emergency relief for small businesses that have been affected by the coronavirus. These loans don't have to be repaid, which essentially makes them grants. Small business can also apply for EIDL loans up to 200000 without personal guarantees. Clearly, as countless news reports tell us, unemployment has skyrocketed since the coronavirus upended our lives. So, Rick, what does the CARES Act do for people who might be out of work right now? I'm glad you brought that one up, Drew, because millions of Americans are struggling right now. And thankfully, the CARES Act does offer some degree of relief for many of them. The bill extends both eligibility and payment amounts to the unemployed. Importantly, it also significantly increases who's eligible for unemployment benefits. Essentially, every American worker, other than remote online workers and those already on paid leave, are eligible. Expanding benefits to people like gig workers and contractors is certainly a big change and very much warranted, Rick. What else can you tell us about how the new bill offers some help to the unemployed? In addition to providing benefits to people who weren't previously eligible, the bill also covers contractors and self-employed people whose benefits have already run out, part-time workers, and workers with previously insufficient work histories. Listeners should note, however, that the bill exempts those who can continue to work remotely or who are already using paid sick leave or other leave benefits. There's also an increase in benefit amounts and the length of time that the benefits can be collected. Is that right, Rick? That's right, Drew. The window for collecting benefits has been increased from 26 weeks to 39 weeks. The bill also funds the new Federal Pandemic Unemployment Compensation Program that provides people with $600 per week on top of their regular unemployment insurance payment. That program also gives workers who had exhausted their benefits an additional 13 weeks of payments. Like most large federal bills, the CARES Act is a bit of a maze with plenty of new rules, regulations, and standards. But I think we've done a good job breaking it down, Rick. As I've done my own reading about the bill, I've seen reference to changes in taxes and tax credits. Can you tell us more about that? I sure can, Drew. I also think we've done a good job so far wading through this doorstopper of a bill. As a financial services professional, few things make me prouder than when using my experience to break down complex financial issues for the people I serve. Thanks to the CARES Act, many Americans will receive a check from the federal government. Specifically, one-time direct payments of $1,200 will be sent to adults making up to $75,000 per year. Married couples making up to $150,000 will receive $2,400. 
Families will also receive an additional payment of $500 per child. Listeners should note that the checks gradually phase out for higher incomes, dropping to zero at the $99,000 mark for individuals and $198,000 for joint filers. The numbers we are discussing on this episode come from a really helpful article on Investopedia.com. Its title is Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Securities Act. What's in the $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill? One of the things that I've been really curious about, Rick, that I think will also have heightened relevance for our listeners, is what the bill means for borrowing from a retirement plan. What can you tell us about that? I think you've hit on a critical point, Drew. The CARES Act allows people to take special disbursements and loans from their tax-advantaged retirement funds up to $100,000 without tax penalty. It also waives the required minimum distribution rules for 401k plans and individual retirement accounts, as well as the 10% penalty on early withdrawals up to $100,000. Account holders would be able to pay back the distributions over the next three years and would also be allowed to make extra payments for the purpose of repayment. These measures can be utilized by anyone directly affected by the coronavirus itself or anyone who is facing economic hardship because of the virus. Rick, this certainly seems like the perfect time to remind our audience that before they take any actions with their retirement funds or strategies, they should reach out to an experienced and trusted professional. Are there tax implications for businesses within the CARES Act? There absolutely are, Drew. For businesses, the bill creates a new employee retention credit against employment taxes to urge businesses to retain and pay their workers during any quarter when their operations are partially are fully suspended because of the coronavirus. Listeners should be aware that credits don't extend to businesses that receive small business interruption loans. The bill also spells out that 2020 payroll taxes will be deferred. 50% of the payroll taxes will be due in 2021, and the other 50% will be due in 2020. Additionally, 2020 business operating losses can be carried back for up to five years. This is a lot to take in. When you think about the size and scope of the CARES Act, combined with the fact that Congress historically hasn't gotten much of anything done quickly, the speed with which this bill was drafted, sent to the president, and signed into law really is remarkable. What do you have next for us? As you'd expect, Drew, the bill has a lot to say about health care. To begin with, the bill increases payments to health care providers by $100 billion through a combination of programs, including Medicare reimbursements, grants, and other direct payments from the federal government. It also calls for $27 billion in spending on tests, vaccine development, and medical treatment devices, as well as a $16 billion in purchases for the much-discussed strategic national stockpile. One of the things that came up frequently while the CARES Act was being discussed was a desire from medical professionals and lawmakers to emphasize adapting, at least temporarily, some rules and regulations. What can you tell us about that, Rick? Quite a bit, Drew. The bill does, in fact, relax laws, Medicare payment regulations, and drug approval rules to allow a more flexible response to the coronavirus and its fallout. And as with any other major piece of legislation, it creates some new rules as well. It also requires health insurers to cover coronavirus testing, as well as treatments and vaccines that are currently being developed. Furthermore, it protects healthcare workers from liability if they volunteer to fight the pandemic across state lines. It also increases funding for healthcare training, education, and modernization. 
Our conversation today has been all about the recently signed CARES Act, a bill that will likely impact tens of millions of Americans, either directly or indirectly. As we've already discussed, the bill spells out relief for large and small businesses and individual workers, as well as general rules changes to borrowing from retirement plans. What do you have next for us, Rick? Drew, I think the next area to consider is how the bill seeks to improve current economic stability. All told, the bill allocates $500 billion in targeted loans and guarantees to a plethora of industries. For example, it extends $25 billion to passenger airlines, $4 billion to air cargo carriers, and $17 billion for businesses designated as critical to national security. Another $454 billion is allocated for program and lending facilities that are operated by the Federal Reserve to support businesses as well as states and municipalities. The numbers we've discussed on this episode come directly from a helpful article on Investopedia.com titled Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. What's in the $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill? While the bill was being debated, there was plenty of conversation about how any federal money should come with clear conditions to better ensure it's used as intended. What insights do you have into that, Rick? Well, Drew, there certainly are a number of restrictions. For example, stock buybacks, dividend payments, and labor force cuts of more than 10% are strictly banned. Furthermore, loans issued by the Treasury are to include equity or senior debt from borrowers. And unlike small business interruption loans, economic stabilization loans are not forgivable. What about regulations on specific industries like airlines, Rick? With regard to the airlines, Drew... Uh, any airline receiving a loan must maintain service to its existing destinations and routes. Additionally, air traffic excise and fuel taxes will be suspended for the rest of 2020. $32 billion is also earmarked for payroll assistance for airlines and their contractors. Expanding out from airlines, loans to mid-sized business categorizes those with 500 to 1,000 employees come with conditions that jobs must not be outsourced or offshored and that union contracts must be honored. Since the virus put our economy into chaos, we've heard a lot of concern from local and state governments about whether or not they'll have the means to meet the various needs of their residents. Does the CARES Act do anything to address that concern? It really does, Drew. The bill directs as much as $150 billion in assistance through the Coronavirus Relief Fund. Of that, $3 billion is reserved for federal territories, and $8 billion is dedicated to tribal governments. Payments are to be divided proportionally based on population. This has certainly been a vital topic today, Rick. As I mentioned earlier, the CARES Act and its numerous rules, changes, and requirements is certainly worth a chat with a financial services professional. You're absolutely right, Drew. Before you make any financial decisions, particularly during trying times, uh, or based on what's being reported about the CARES Act, it's critical to get professional opinions. This isn't the time to go it alone or act hastily. This is the time to rely on an established financial strategy. This has been a fabulous episode, but we've run out of time. Do you have anything else before we go? If you have any questions about your strategy for income and retirement, I encourage you to visit my website at www.coastaltaxcenters.com. Or call my office at 912-598-2073 to discuss how my team might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns. It's our goal to help you prepare for retirement 
you've worked hard for. And this concludes Retire the Right Way with Rick Wright from Coastal Tax Centers and me, your co-host, Drew Wright. Join us soon for another episode of Retire the Right Way. Take care and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Retire the Right Way. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rick Wright at Coastal Tax Centers. Call 912-598-2073 or visit them online at CoastalTaxCenters.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed are solely those of Coastal Tax Centers and its staff. All topics covered are believed to be from reliable sources. However, Coastal Tax Centers makes no representations as to its accuracy or completeness. This commercial shall in no way be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or advisory services to residents of any state other than Georgia or where otherwise permitted. Topics should be discussed with your individual advisor prior to implementation. Advisory services offered through Coastal Tax Centers, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. 